Glassware to the side and choke down some of that sweet, luscious, and chunky sacrament stew. You're listening to Polygonometry. This is a bi weekly podcast where every single time I publish something, I sit down with a member of my giant, huge, gargantuan family and we talk about what it's like drinking bread. What's up, everybody? How you doing? I'm glad you guys tuned into the last episode. That was great. That was a fun time. And that episode basically featured uh, my Uncle Brady, just like how he arrived to where he's at right now. And this episode is just the other half of that conversation. And uh, we get a pretty deep in this episode. I'm, I'm hoping you guys kind of dig that. And we, we talk about how he feels about things in a little bit more of an, an intense way. Um, but we also go behind the scenes of what it's like to be on My Five Wives, right? Like, how cool is that? Right? We're going to be going, taking a little peek behind the curtain on, uh, on how things kind of shake out with cameras in your face all the freaking time. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm glad you guys are listening. And as always, if you need any sort of answering of questions, comments, or concerns, shoot me an email. Shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, yell loud. I might hear it. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoy the episode that I have with my Uncle Brady. I think it'd be kind of cool to kind of just give the backstory of how that show came to be. Hmm. If you want to go down that road. I, I mean, I also don't want to wear you out. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah you ain't going to wear me out. Um, so the initial process, were you inspired to do the show from Cody? No. No? No. So we had been, remember the show Big Love on HBO and yep. all that. So yeah. we, we recorded heavily to do the after show for big love that's oh. where they would interview us you yeah. know about how accurate was this episode you know? oh, would you really have sex on your sister wife's bed <laughs> you know uh, you know and hbo came to you about that yeah okay and we didn't do it and and i mean we had half a dozen show offers okay over over the span of a few years you okay. know, before big love big love after big love um season one uh and every time, you know, it just wasn't right. They, the con, the show concept, a lot of those different things were, were not appealing to us. And the anonymity that we would lose, and it was illegal at the time, right? And yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're putting ourselves out there, and uh, and then finally, um, a production company, a representative from a production company, came and pitched his idea. Like, listen, we want a feel good show. We don't want a train wreck show. We want a feel good show. Feel good show. And okay. where, and yeah, and Sister Wives was maybe in season two at the time. It was still pretty, yeah. It was young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was um, big. It was a hit. It was, it was a hit. Yeah. And they were looking for the next big one, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and so they pitched it and I was just like, hmm, you know, uh, I, I talked to Cody. Mm -hmm. I asked him what he thought. And he says, yeah, go for it. You know, this has been our experience. It's been a good one. You know, there's this and this that are drawbacks, but you yeah. know, overall, I would say do it. And I talked to Joe Darger, who had yep. a pilot show, but it never took. Yep. Um, and then, uh, and he's a good friend. Anyway, so with all that, talking to the production company, 
talking to um, the people over at, it, there's a, it's a long process. So sure. from that meeting to the time we finally got greenlit was over a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where I was actually willing to listen and then take that and to the ladies and they were willing, oh, this is tough, this is scary, but, you know, we, let, let's try. Yeah. And, uh, and it was with that understanding that we could show a, a healthy, well-adjusted family that, that's an alternative. Yeah. Right? To just an, it's five, five times normal. Is yeah. what we wanted to show that we're not that much different, mm-hmm. and and so we did, and that was that was the whole reason we were willing to do it is with that understanding, and honestly, it's it's not that clear, but that's one of the reasons why we stopped. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, is because it, it had become obvious that that the production company obviously, I mean, it's a business. Sure, the reason they would put anybody on TV is clicks and views it's the eyeball business it's it's all views now it's streaming clicking you know uh it's and we got great um ratings yeah yeah we we didn't get discontinued because of ratings yeah um we just didn't want to do it anymore do it because it had become a drama fest you know and and it wasn't what we really wanted to do Okay. You know, they were looking, they were wanting more drama. They wanted to catch, you know, the, the things that were highlighted were dramas. Cause let's just be honest about it. People don't view well, tune into a polygamous show for to the feel good. That's true. They tune in cause they, it's a train wreck. They want, and to see they're the drama. hoping to see a train wreck. They yep. want to know which wife is Mary going to leave Cody. Yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah. That they, they want to see a train wreck mm-hmm. and we weren't going to be that train wreck. I mean, I, I had, I had one of the senior VPs over at discovery networks call me and just like Brady, we know that you're having, you know, the family, the wife, the spousal disagreements off air. We need you to have those on air. And I go, well, if you catch them on air, you'll get them. Yeah. Like the infamous Noni one. Right. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> the infamous, no, <laughs> don't change me. <laughs> right. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> and, uh, it, we know there's more of those going on. We need you to have those on camera mm-hmm. when the cameramen are still around. Don't save them for at night. And I was just like, this isn't what we signed up for. And you know that yeah. when we were in negotiations, you can get whatever you get. I agree to be open and honest, but those discussions are happening at night. Yeah. You know, I, that, just like every other spouse, you know, they're getting yeah. ready for bed. They're talking about how the day went. This happened mm, now. And we're now there's some abrasiveness yeah. going on. Sure. It happens. It happens all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to invent drama for you. Yeah. And they didn't necessarily want me to invent it. They just wanted us to be. They just wanted highlight, to highlight that more. Sure. And, and we didn't. So, I mean, I don't know how interesting that is, but. Well, I mean, I think it's kind of cool. One, of the, one the, of the reasons why we just let it go. Yeah, the behind the scenes part yeah. is definitely like an interesting thing too, just because, I mean, I mean, being there when that guy showed up to like take a tour of your house, that was the summer that I was living with you mm. um, and, and all that. Like that was kind of a cool process to just kind of witness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also being, you know, my experience of being on your show in the background and being, like, right. you know. <laughs> Seeing the production. Yes, a, a, a Z-list actor uh, on your show was just kind of cool because I found a new, like I, I had this, you know, newfound respect for reality television. Yeah. I've, I think it's just trash TV for the most part and yeah. it usually actually kind of is. Yeah. Um, 
but I, th- I, I want to commend you and, and compliment the way that you guys went about it is that d- didn't you like sign, like the only way that you were signed the contract is if you were also credited as like an executive producer. I, I wanted producership, but what it settled on is that I would be able to review all content before it aired. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Which isn't typical. Yeah. And, and I actually caught a couple things that, you know, one of them was a deal breaker. Uh, yeah. The whole sex education episode. Oh, did you hear that story? I did not hear that story. So <laughs> my 12-year-old daughter at the time, um, we're having the birds and the bees talk, dad with all the kids and people who've watched the show probably remember the episode. But if you look closely in that, at least a trained eye can see where there's a very rough edit. Oh. Because yeah. I get the, you know, I always got the final cut the Monday before the Sunday that it would air. So six days before. Yeah. I usually got it around nine o'clock at night and it's in the can, so to speak. Sure. In the can. Yep. And they send it over to me and I pop it up and I view it. I'm watching it. And here's this, you know, birds and the bees episode. And, and I say, you know, I really think that premarital sex, it's very complicated. I just, you, listen, you just shouldn't do it. And, all things being equal, you know, and you just, it's, it's going to complicate your relationship. And there's a lot of qualifiers. If you're going to have premarital sex, you better have, you know, protection. You yep. better love them because it's going to complicate your relationship. It's, you know, all this yeah, stuff. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And they cut away to my 12 year old rolling her eyes and going, Oh dad. Oh. And I knew that didn't happen. I, I remember, you know, I had like, I don't know, eight or nine of my kids, adolescent kids so sitting there. they used a separate reaction and cut yeah. it into I place. I remember when she did it, it was the day before, and I was telling her to clean her room. It was a pigsty. Yeah. Oh, and dad. And she wrote, oh, dad. And they took that and cut it into there. I was so pissed. Oh, my God. Because that's not reality. That's not reality. If they had caught, caught that actually happening, there, there was also an assurance that they would never throw a teenager under the, one of the children under the bus. If they caught something from a child to their best discretion, they wouldn't, wouldn't try to exploit or exploit a child because it's impression. Adults, fair game. We signed a contract. This is reality. Yep. Children, that's a different story. Yep. Um, they would at least ask permission of the child and the parents. Well, I'm talking about exploitation. Yeah. I mean, she would have been, labeled by her Mormon friends as a floozy and blah, yep. you know, yep, yep, all yep, yep, this yep. stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just called, I, I called, uh, our, our VP, the vice president over at Netflix over our show. And I just said, Hey, this isn't happening. And she said, Oh, I just watched it too, Brady. I'm so sorry. Like I don't, that should have never made it through. And I go, she didn't even do it. And she's like, what? Like she was like, she thought it really oh. happened. Oh, and they just like purposely tried to highlight it. But they, yeah, but they just hadn't cut it. Oh, so, and okay. I go, no, yeah, this yeah. didn't even happen. It's like, this hey. is when I was telling her to clean her room. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it's in the can, Brady. I'm sorry. This is going to air. I go, it's not going to air. If it does, don't bother showing up the next Monday. Yeah. With your cameras. Anyway. Yeah. Shut it down. Next morning, nine o'clock, I have the vice president of Discovery Networks calling me saying, um, 
we understand that you're threatening not to let cameras if this episode airs the way it is. And I go, that's right. And he says, well, you're contractually obligated to let the cameras in. I says, fine. Your cameras can come. But I know how to break the fourth wall. I will stare down the lens of every single camera, which is a total no-no. Yeah. Total no-no in reality. Yep. Like If you do that, it... It, it removes it, the facade. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah and the yeah, viewer yeah. feels uncomfortable. Like, oh, yep. oh, I'm not a voyeur anymore. Yep. And it says, I will bust every scene. They call it busting the scene. I will bust every single scene. Yeah. And you won't have a show. But go ahead. Knock yourself out. Come, yeah. come camera. Yeah. I'll stick my mug right in front of that lens. Yeah. Looking straight down. And, uh, and they says, well, then we'll sue you. And it says, sue me. It's yeah. my daughter. You, this will not air. Yeah. And to their credit, they, it's a rough edit, but you can see that they cut it out. Good. And anyway, and that tainted our relationship. And, and then well, you mean, know, we went also, for the rest of the season. And then the next season, we were just like, you know, is this even worth it? Yeah. I, it's just not worth it. You know, they, they don't have golden handcuffs on me. They call golden handcuffs like the lure of money. And, oh, yeah. And celebrityness, I mean, it's flattering. Sure. But we never really bought into it. it yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It, it is flattering, but I didn't like the exchange of anonymity for that wasn't worth it to, me. to keep pursuing. Certainly not to my wives. Yeah, yeah. So we. Well, let I mean, it go. You, I mean, the, in a way, like if they did try to bring that to you know suit, like it was in the contract, and you know, at your best discretion, not to do that to any sort of child of your kids. Yeah, it would have been a. It would have been a little bit, thing. yeah, drawn out thing. But I mean, at the same time, like. I mean, I get the idea of it being a business and it's all about clicks and eyeballs and all that stuff. But at the same time, there's like a, you know, a part of ethics that goes into that. Mm. Like, even if it's like a, about cleaning the room or about the birds and the bees talk or whatever, like that doesn't matter. Like you just don't do that. Right. It just seems like that would be logical. Like if I was producing a show, I wouldn't ever want that to happen. But right. of course I'm an idiot who grew up in a cult. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the show. And, and it ended that way. And, um, I look back on it with fond memories. I look back on it. It was, it was tough. It was a rough time of life, yeah. but, um, what was your favorite part about it? Well, there was a lot of growth because your, your life is amplified. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just a fishbowl. Everybody gets to look in. Yep. And so you get to learn things about yourself as well. Yeah. In a, in a hyper pressurized situation. I mean, it was five days a week, 11 hours a day. And it's job. Yeah. And they just, they get to pick up on everything yeah. and then they ask you about it. What were you feeling? You know, in those, sure. In those, uh, impromptu interviews, uh, you know, right after the scene, they get you in a chair and they ask you, so what were you feeling right then? And, and, and you know, yeah. what do you think about this? And you're like, Hmm. It, so it's, it's pretty intense therapy. Yeah. Uh, meaning just introspection as far as therapy is yeah, 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 introspection. Yeah. And so, and not just introspection, but inspection, Mm -hmm. The whole world is inspecting me. Now, a lot of people think that that's the worst part. For me, it was one of the best parts. Really? Yeah, Why is that? I think I'm a masochist. <laughs> <laughs> Walking yeah, around with bare feet. It's back to that growth thing, <laughs> and it, it made me grow. It was yeah. difficult. It were was you were you like you know sifting through all the comments on Twitter and like that kind of stuff? Did, were, uh, did you engage in that? In or the or beginning, you would, but really quick, I learned. Nah. Oh man, because I I was all about it. 
I loved, oh, I loved yeah. it. Cause it was, I mean, I was of, of course removed from it a little bit. I was like, I want to see what people are saying about uncle Brady. Mm-hmm. And so I would like hop on Twitter and like hashtag my five wives and just see what they were saying oh, about the yeah, show yeah. after like during, I was, I would watch the episode and then immediately after it was done, I was like, okay, got to take to Twitter and just see what they're saying. And it was so funny. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. It was a danger zone. And my wives just couldn't separate themselves from it. Oh, that's they so took tough. it all personal. Well, I mean, I how could like, you not quit looking at it? How could you not? These people have never met you. They don't know. They're all they're doing is they're just trying to make you feel bad. Just like you know, like ooh, she looks so fat and blah blah. Oh my God, so stupid. Don't look at it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I just despise that part, and I just well, I, I just wouldn't engage. That's a great way to to distill the experience of being on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just not good. Yeah, it's bad. It yeah, was bad, especially as a celebrity. But yeah, that's tough. But, but you, yeah. yeah, but the opportunity of you being on TLC and everything with the, mm-hmm. with the show, I mean, it took you all over the all over the world, right? Yeah, we got to go on talk shows. Yeah. Um, it gave me a voice. Yeah, um, like I've done a lot of public speaking since then, mm-hmm. and I'm not naive enough to think that I would have had those same opportunities if I didn't have absolutely if I wasn't well known. Yeah, so I've been able to use that as a platform to talk about other things. You know, I've been. Yeah, I've been invited a lot to speak to groups, and then I've parlayed that into my message about fundamentalism, you know, that we talked yeah. off air about. Yeah, a bit. yeah, let's get into that. So, you know, it, it's a real passion of mine to parse out the difference between polygamy and fundamentalism, right? Yes. And, and I, think it's, I think it's lost on most uh, people. They, they think it's synonymous, fundamentalism okay. and polygamy, and... It's not. And I, I like to say quaintly, the problem isn't polygamy. The, prog- the problem is, and I, I would say, is fundamentalism. Okay. Fundamentalism is a, is a blight on this world. I mean, it's, it's what makes um, a man in Kabul strap a bomb to his chest yeah. and go and kill. It's what makes a, um, an Irishman in Northern Ireland load his trunk full of explosives yeah. and go into a British depot. Yeah. You know, um, a Catholic blowing up Protestants. Yeah. It's, it's what made, um, any number of early Mormons practice blood atonement. Yeah. You know, you name your favorite brand of fundamentalist and there is some serious dysfunction. Yeah. Okay. So fundamentalism this this idea that you hearken back to a time when everything was perfect. The time of Muhammad. The time of Joseph. The time the, of Moses. The yeah, time of, yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you pick your favorite actor, your favorite saint, your sa- favorite sage or prophet, and you model your life around it, and you think all growth, it was a quote-unquote fullness mm. at that time. Yes. So the way they looked... The way, the way they behaved, yeah, what everything. They ate everything. That's the time it should have been. We need to blow the world up until it's back to that time. Yeah. So all growth is frozen until and, and anything different than that has you. You have to conform. You, know, you have to conform yourself, and everybody else has to conform their worldview to fit your worldview, which is somewhere in the past. Yeah. Right. It just so happens that polygamists, I mean, let's, let's separate polyamory from polygamy. Sure. But um, polygamists, almost, I, I, I don't know of any polygamous group, group that 
isn't fundamentalist. Yeah. I, I would, if there is one, I would please let me know. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure every polygamist group community is fundamentalist in nature. That's not to say that all fundamentalists are polygamists. That's true. Right? Yeah, it's not, it's not an equal street on that. Yeah. Right, and it's not to say that all individual polygamists are, are fundamentalists. fundamentalists. Yeah. Because there's polyamory, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, there's even, and polyamory usually denotes that it's uh, an, an open, it's not a closed relationship. Just multiple partners. Yeah, multiple partners, and it's fluid. Yeah. yeah. Where I would say I'm not fundamentalist anymore. Yeah. And, but I am polygamist. Yeah. And I am in a closed polygamist relationship. Yeah. Meaning there's no new partners. Yeah. My wives are all heterosexual. Yeah. I'm heterosexual. They don't have multiple partners. Um, I do. I have five. Yeah. But it's all within a closed um, marriage like unit. You, you six are it. That's it. Yeah. Right. We don't swing. We're not open. Yeah. Now, um, that's polygamy. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's polygyny, sure, but, yes. but it's not, um, we're not fundamentalist in that we don't hearken back to a time. We don't esteem um, Joseph Smith or Muhammad or for that matter, whoever, any, anyone, who it is. Anytime yeah, we are in a growth, we are in a progressive mindset. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's why I, I believe, and I've coined the term progressive polygamy. Okay. Right. Is that while, while there's many issues with polygamy, the problem isn't polygamy. The problem is fundamentalism and just or getting it's patriarchy or it's you're an asshole. Yeah. You know, that's the problem. <laughs> and guess what? There, there's a reason. <laughs> it's a great way to think about it. It's like, yeah, Hey, you're a dick. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason that 50% of all monogamous marriages end. you're an asshole. Yeah. You, you, you're being a jerk or you're not dedicated or you, maybe you just changed. Well, that too. And I think that's kind of, I've, I've been asked many questions since I've started the podcast and even before when I was like in school over in North Dakota and everything, like being asked about that. Well, I mean, that polygamy doesn't work though. It doesn't work. And it's right. like, well, monogamy doesn't work either. It, it, exactly. By the same statistics that you're using, like it's not like, yeah. I know of more polygamist people that are like still married. If that's your quantifier of mm-hmm. it working, I know so many people who are in multiple, you know, situations with multiple partners that are wildly more successful than many of my, oh, are your parents divorced? Oh, cool. And you, and you, and you, and yeah. oh, interesting. Oh, so let's wow. not use that as a rubric. How yeah, about that? Exactly. The yeah. longevity of a relationship is, is what we will uh, measure yeah. success of a social institution called polygamy versus uh, the typical nuclear family, sure. you know, monogamy, yeah. because that's not working. Yeah. You know, uh, so, so I don't, I don't think the problem is polygamy. Now there, that's not to say there aren't problems with polygamy. Sure. But there's problems with monogamy. Yeah. And in fact, let's, if we really want, and I've made a study of this, but if you, if you go back, you know, the, the roots of monogamy are property ownership. Well, yeah, you're exchanging, you know, yeah, you're, the, the whole reason, the reason why one man, one woman is so that a man can control the womb of the woman who he wants his property. He wants to guarantee that it's his offspring and not 
some other guys. Some other guys. That has rights to the yeah. kingdom. Yeah. He, he wants to be able to pass his land on, and it started with agriculture. Yep. Before when we were just hunter-gatherers, that the, the predominant family unit, the social structure, was the Punaluwalan family, where it was a group of women, and there would be nomadic men come in and donate their seed. And the women... What's the term for that again? Punaluwalan. Punu New Allen? Yeah. Yeah. Punu the, New Allen. Anthropological okay. study. And, sure. and you can get into it and find it. And, okay. Um, so that was the dominant form before pre-agriculture. As soon as you have agriculture, now land is very important. Mm-hmm. And society the, happens. The, the yeah. specific plot of land is very important because you're not just gathering. Yeah. You are cultivating. You're cultivating. And that takes a lot of work mm-hmm. that goes year on year on year. Now you want to retain ownership of that land. And then when this guy gets old, he wants to pass it on to his son. Mm-hmm. Has to get, have that guarantee. Right. Yeah. And he wants to know it's his son. The only way to do that is to own the womb. Yeah. So enter monogamy. Yeah. Interesting. That, that's yeah. marriage. Yeah. And, I'm, I, you know, that it's, there's nothing deific. There's no deific mandate that monogamy, well, there, there is, now, but it's now we're not, betraying yeah. my beliefs on God and, and theology and cosmology, but uh, for sure, that's the origin of monogamy. In the objective sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the origin. That's where it all started. That's yeah. where marriage started was the ownership of a woman. Yeah. Thus patriarchy, right? And privilege. And, and it's a mm-hmm. much more nuanced discussion. I Absolutely. understand that. But yeah. um, let's just say... The problem isn't just polygamy. There are problems within polygamy. And let's just say humans are messy. Mm-hmm. And very. Yeah. <laughs> and when, when humans get together, they, they argue and they have problems. And, and, but if you can celebrate those differences, and this is what I talk to my wife, so let's celebrate our differences. Let's figure out how to make this mess beautiful. And that's art. Yeah. Right. Art's messy, but I mean, it can sure be beautiful. And, that, and that's Jackson what I Pollock try to do. can say that. Yeah. Right. And so that's what we've determined as a family is um, to kind of put a nice little bow on that is we don't, we certainly don't believe that there's any promise of heaven for living polygamy. We used to. Yeah. But you don't believe that anymore. We don't believe that okay. anymore. There's no promise of heaven. There's no threat of hell. So why in the world would we do it? Yeah. That's the same reason that a monogamist would do it. They love each other. Yeah. They're committed to each other. They have a vested interest. They have a history. They have all of these reasons to be together. And for us, not one of them is a promise of heaven or a threat of hell. Yeah. It's because we're committed and we're in love. You know, and to go back, circle back a little bit. I, I truly believe one of, the, one of the great things that inform our marriages is the fact that I, as the man truly love and fell in love and was twitter pated with each one of them women yeah you know i i mean it's there's uh, when i married him i can honestly say this i wasn't looking i I wasn't looking for the next jewel in my crown i wasn't looking to to build my kingdom i fell in love with that lady now it helped that i was in a group that said, hey, you got to do this. This was, a, you know, the environment <laughs> uh, helped prop that up. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I wasn't a chaser. Okay. You know, um, you were probably being chased though, right? I was being chased. Yeah. 
I, every single one of my wives, um, as so after I married Polly, yeah, every single one of my wives in one way or another, either their dad came and talked to me and said, my daughter's interested in you. Okay. Or they made it very plainly obvious. Mm. They were interested in my family. Yeah. I wasn't out chasing. I wasn't out trying to find another wife ever. They just, they came mm-hmm. and then we fell in love. And we went through a courtship process and some of them were really fast. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I fell in love and I am, I'm more in love today than ever. That's awesome. So, so I think polygamy can be a very beautiful thing, just like monogamy can. Mm -hmm. And it can be a very ugly thing, just just like like monogamy monogamy can. can. Yeah. So let's just put the blame where it really belongs. Humans are messy. Yep. It's what you do with your mess. Are you going to make it into art? Are you going to make it into a cess? Yeah. Or you can leave it alone. And you can get a divorce and like that. Kind yeah. Of stuff. Or, or you can just say, you know what? This isn't this, this social institution isn't for me. Yeah. And then great. Yeah. It's not for you. Yeah. There's many, many, many people out there that don't get married that are just happy as a lark, you know? Exactly. And, and they serve and they have another social contract. They're going to go be a, a surgeon or something, you know, or whatever it is, yeah. whatever it is, you know, yeah. they, this is how they're going to live their life. Yeah. And, but that, that's where we choose to be. And, uh, and I, I think we have a beautiful thing going, Yeah, you know, and, um, you know, a lot of people, and, and this is sad. A lot of people have gone through the polygamist slash fundamentalist experience, both. Yeah. And they come out saying polygamy is just inherently bad. Like there's just no redeeming quality. I would challenge that. Yeah, for sure. What would be, what would be your challenges specifically? Well, so everybody can, there's the negatives, right? Sure. Uh, the demands on a father's time Mm -hmm. or a husband's time. You have to share. There's not equal access to sex. There's, you know, uh, resources, monetary resources. Now I can challenge this one, but monetary resources are stretched thin in a polygamous family. Um, not necessarily. So you actually have six breadwinners. You have six. Um, in your specific situation. Yeah. Six. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or three or whatever. or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but so, so there's, there's the low hanging fruits of the disadvantages to polygamy. And again, we've, we said there's also low hanging fruit to monogamy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the positives are you have multiple adults taking care of children. Yep. We've talked about that on the podcast before. I, I've never, yeah. employed a babysitter with 25 children. Yeah, 25 kids. It still bothers me in a weird way. Yeah. I never. mean, I, I grew up with you guys. I was almost <laughs> nearly raised by you. <laughs> and it's just still, still so weird to me. It's like, yeah, 25 of them. Yep. <laughs> you can yeah. host a basketball tournament with your kids if you wanted. No, dude, we can have a full football game with 11 man team on each side. <laughs> Plus a few extra. <laughs> Yeah, plus the kicker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. That's so, so funny. But, you know, so you, you have a robust social network. Um, the kids have a built-in social structure. Yep. yep. Um, the wives have friends, adult friends. Many women like, oh, I got to get out of the house and, you know, find adult friends. So they have adult friends going through what they're going through. Um, there, there is... Uh, support in that one wife may want to stay home and be a homemaker and another one wants to go to college. Well, yeah. that 
that poses a problem in the world today. It's a real problem. What if you have a wife that's professional or collegiate academic and she's got to find someone to take care of her kids that she trusts that love them. Sure. Yeah. Or that provide security for them. She has one right there. Ready to go. And this is very apparent in our family. Yeah. This was a reality in our family. You know, we had wives go back to college and they had kids at home Yeah, and they had a secure home for those kids to be in where they knew they were loved. They knew they were taken care of. Those children have more than one mother. What if they just couldn't get along with their mom? They're fighting. Yeah. There's been many times. Yeah. I've had daughters go and sit on the bed of their other mother and just. Vent. Yeah. yeah. Or just get the support because this other mother has just got a knack to be able to listen. Yeah. And built in therapist. I mean, there's so many, there's so many things I can go on and on and on about. Yeah. How many beautiful benefits we've had. I think that there's like a. I mean, the idea that the more people that love you is never a negative thing. Right. Like it's a net positive for children and other people. Like the more people around in your social circle that give a shit about your well-being and and what you're going through and everything else, how is that ever a bad thing? Yeah. Well, okay. So I'm, I'm fawning the praises of polygamy. Yeah. But let's be real. Absolutely. I, I, I'm also going to criticize polygamy from the, the point of view that I can, which is men. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are the 90 plus percent that we were referring to from yeah. Rosemary's mother mm-hmm. that I agree with in my own calculations and men coming and complaining about their wives to me and wives coming and complaining about their husbands to me, uh, most men are not up to it. They're not up to it in whatever way that manifests for them, or is there like a specific generality that you can put on that? So, okay, so I'm going to qualify. If a man, this is my take. Sure. If if a man is not wildly in love, and not just that, but very dedicated. And willing to sacrifice his own um, free time, his yeah. his own emotions, his own everything, yeah, and hyper identify with the role of father and husband. He's going to fail at polygamy, and the repercussions of that are magnified by the size of his family. Yeah, and you see it all the time. Yeah. So if you're not going to do that. Don't because, because the scale of damage is greater than monogamy. Now men will do that in monogamy all the time. Absolutely. You know, they're drinking their whatever they, yeah, they yeah, have yeah. their distractions that mm-hmm. take them away from their wives and kids. And you hear about the deadbeat dad sure. who doesn't care about his one kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, me, in my case, 25 kids. What if I was a deadbeat? What if I didn't really love those women? And you see it all the time in polygamy. Yep. So, yeah. Well, and I would recommend nobody live polygamy. So, as much as I feign, fawn over my own right, we can talk about that if sure. you want to. Sure. What I think is a right, but, uh, and my own situation, it, 
takes a certain stew of, of <laughs> sacrament stew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that wasn't good. Uh, it, 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 you were baking a cake and all sure. the ingredients have to work. Like you have to have wives that want to work together, even though sometimes it's a hell to, yeah. to work together. Absolutely. It's hard. Well, it's hard. Humans are messy. But you add more ingredients and it's harder to make the flavors work. Right, it's pretty easy just to put salt on your potatoes. Well, okay, yeah. But now you're adding chives and sour cream, and eventually you have a really nice baked potato. But um, baked potato polygamy, baked potato polygamy. Hey, that's a good one. That's a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, so, the, but the collateral damage can be greater in polygamy than monogamy because there's just more people involved. Yeah. And if you aren't willing to make the sacrifice, and I, from my point of view, as a man, yeah, don't do it. And I don't think most men can do it. Now I'm self-aggrandizement because I'm claiming I'm done it. Yeah. But whatever. Sure. You know, my, my that's been your experience though. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. My family's still together. Uh, we've had tough times for yeah. sure. Yeah. And we, and we still will, but we are committed and we're in love and you know, I'm madly in love with these ladies and, um, committed to them and I'm committed to my children and now my grandchildren. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that, dare I say, rarely happens. Yeah. And so would I ever recommend anybody to do it? No. Nope. No. Because I don't. Let's just take the percentages. Statistically, it's against you. Statistically, it's a bad idea. <laughs> just yeah. statistically, it's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you're willing to go down that road, sure. But it's statistically a bad idea to do a lot of things in this world. If it was a business investment, you would laugh at people about oh, making yeah, that decision. Don't do that. Yeah. Why would you do that? No. Yeah. So, so that's my take on it is, but do you have the right, do you have the right to F yourself up? Of course you do. Yeah. Do you have the right to go be a, whatever I put a hundred grand on black? Yeah. Sure. Swing for the fences and yeah. Yeah. Or but what's going to happen? No, the house is against you. Yeah, totally. But you, do you have the right to do it? Sure you do. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, and we can go into that if you want. If sure. you want to go into yeah. the right of, no, no, my brain just went blank. That's on okay. Where we were going with it. You know, talking about the right of being able to make your own decision in regards to your own lifestyle. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think, you know, the whole illegal polygamy thing, anybody, any adult, so there's some qualifiers, any well-informed um, adult that is not coerced should be able to do whatever they want with yeah. their life. Yeah. They, they should be able to love anybody they want. So of course uh, that include there's the nuclear family, which is the given relationship in the modern world. Stereotypical. Yeah. Stereotypical. Right. And, but everybody thinks that alternatives are bad. Gay marriage. You know, sure. two, two dudes sure. marrying each other. Yeah. Mm, that's a threat to my marriage as a heterosexual. Well, are you a consenting adult? Were you forced into that relationship with another dude? Yeah. If you were forced, that's wrong. Yeah. If you weren't, it's none of my business. Yeah. Um, polygamy. Are they well informed? Were my wives well informed adults? Now here's uh, the yeah. here's the rub. Say, uh, here's the rub. Yeah. There's some there's stuff called structural violence. Yeah. And they were raised to think they had no other choice. 
Now this was that's challenging an, for me. Yeah, because that's an issue. Yeah, right. So I, I believe that, and I had to face this internally and then go to my wives with this, and I have received so much heat for this. From your wives or just from people in general? Not my wives, from outside of, outside of the family, but that, well, I, I, I've got to build it first. Sure. Um, you, the structural violence is where you're born and raised to think there's no alternative other than what you're faced with. Yeah, what you're told. What you're told. Yeah. Like, you could say gay. Like, sure. if, if, if a family said you have to marry like gender. Yeah. That would be an instance of structural violence, even though you're heterosexual in orientation. Sure. But you were raised that you have to marry the same sex. Yeah. That would be a case of structural violence. Yeah. Same thing in polygamy. Yeah. My wives were raised to believe they had to enter polygamy in order to, to go to heaven. And, and yeah. heaven is the paramount mandate. Yes. Well, they, did, they weren't well informed. The only option they thought they had was, was that polygamy. There was more options than that. So yeah. they weren't well informed. Did they consent? It was a forced consent because there was this fear of hell so hanging over them. I think it's, it's worth it to say that they weren't forced by any one person or they didn't have like a gun to their head. Say I do motherfucker. Like they didn't have any of that. It, it sounds, it, it was though, a passive, it was a passive, like institutional yes, forcing. It, yeah. Exactly. It okay. was institutional. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you were sitting there like in your suit and tie and they, although there are cases of that, right? Yeah. Short, short crick and stuff like that, yep. where you were forced to marry whoever you're going to marry. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the, but it was passive. It was institutional. It was structural. Yeah. Now here's Brady. He, he has this progressive awakening and he realizes, he realizes this. You know, I realized that there really is this dynamic in our relationship where my wives weren't consenting. I mean, yes, they said, yes, I will. Yeah. But there was this pressure. So what, how did you navigate that? Because you, you were talking about like your story with Justin and being able to kind of like revamp how you felt about Mm -hmm. everything. So I'm obviously assuming that that was part of the turmoil that you were facing. Right. So everything got put on the altar for Brady. The, the very identity of God, the nature of the relationships with my wives, everything was on the altar. Ready like, to you just was, get the chop. There yeah. Were, I, yeah. There was nothing sacred. Nothing sacred in my life. Even, wow. even the nature of God was not sacred to me anymore. So, it's so obviously, and, and so I cast this gaze on my marriage and realized it's not right. Really? I love them. I'm committed to them. I'm going to be there. But it would be as Simone de Beauvoir, the feminist philosopher in bad faith. Okay. For me to hold that covenant, for me to hold their love for me, for me to hold our, our mutual parentage over our children against them and say, you have to stay with me. No, I had, I had to open, I mean, I get, I get emotional about this because yeah, it was so yeah, poignant, but absolutely. Um, it, I had to go to them and say that contract has to be able, there's an open invitation. I will understand. I will serve you. I will, 
I'll take whatever I can get from you, but you can't feel like you have to stay in this. So it sounds like what you basically did is went to all of your wives and said, if you want to leave me, do it. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that must be just heart wrenching. And and I said, and no, it's not because I want, I please don't. Yeah. Please don't do it. Yeah. But I didn't say that in my, my heart was screaming, please don't. I need you in my life. Yeah. But, but I understand if you chose to leave, it would be in bad faith to hold you to that. The goalpost has changed. Yes. Yes. Heaven's okay. no longer there. And they all, <laughs> and they all agreed. Yeah. Heaven's no longer there. Okay. Hell's no longer gaping its maw at yeah. all non-polygamists. Yeah. Now, what life do you want? Do you want a life with me? Yeah. I'm here. Do you want a life? Is this life too hard? I know you love me. I know we love our kids together. I know that we'll be intertwined for the rest of our lives because of it. But I understand if you just can't do it because you were manipulated into this by preconception. Yeah. Generations. Generations built you to the point where you needed to marry me. Exactly. And can we say that about a monogamy? Yeah, we can. Sure. All of culture says you need to marry someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, why? why can't you just live with them? Yeah, I love you so much. I want to get the government involved. Yeah. Who cares? So, but to that point, and that's where we got in our lives. And cross my fingers, they're all still here. Wow. I think that's a testament to every single one of your girls. Yeah. I think that's, it shows what kind of caliber those women are. That oh, they, that's ev- amazing. You went five for five on them saying, no, I'm going to stick around for this. Yeah. Holy shit. That's amazing. I know. That's incredible. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, they're amazing. Wow. That's what I say. I mean, they're just so... I, I, listen, I'm this flamboyant guy. I talk sure. a lot. I'm, I have a big personality. I'm out there. And people want to heap praise and say, well, this or that. I, just shut up. Go talk to them. Yeah. You want to see the success of our family? Go talk to them. Yeah. Go look at them. Search their soul. See how in the world they would put up with a, this dumbass Brady. You <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, dude, I, I changed so much. Yeah. I, the, the Talk about a moving goalpost just to stay in <laughs> love with me. Just you. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, it can't be easy. Yeah. And they do. And, and, and I'll be and, honest. <laughs> you know? I'll be honest. I don't get it. <laughs> I know it. I don't I mean, get it. Look at this. This, 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 this. You know, I'm no Fabio. And, uh, so it's working. Wow. That's it's working. So, that's so amazing. That's, yeah. I, I mean, I've always, I mean, I knew that like when you, as referenced from earlier, your, your, you know, spiritual renaissance. Um, and I remember mom telling me something to that effect about how you went to all of your, all of your girls and said, Hey, this is the deal. Leave me or, you know, stick around. And I remember hearing that and I was, you know, a lot younger and, mm-hmm. um, and everything. And I, I always thought like, well, I mean, that would be weird if aunt Polly decided to leave uncle Brady. Mm-hmm. That would be weird. Like how would, how would I feel about me and Josh's friendship? Like right. that kind of stuff, you know? And so that's, I mean, obviously, cause you know, I was that age and processing it in that way through that perspective. But after, after it was like, kind like the, the realization that they're all staying when that kind of was a thing, I was just, I remember thinking like, dude, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool that they all decided to just stick around, you know? And you got 31 
family members. Yeah. You got a family of 31 people. And now grandkids. And now grandkids. It's just going to get so much bigger. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's been a beautiful ride, and um, it's been tough, and it stays tough, right? I mean, it's, it's not easy. You know, I've been pretty hard on men. Sure. Um, and certainly I'm, I'm definitely hard on myself. Yeah. But that's what it takes. And, and honestly, I, I think that's what it takes for any interaction, you, you've got to be willing to put in whatever, whatever that relationship demands. And if you're not willing to, that's okay too. Yeah. If you want to just be a hermit, that's okay too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, this is the choices we've made, you know, and I, I think we, sh- there's a, there's a good helping of trying to criticize and, and, uh, you know, demonize polygamy. And certainly I've done my fair share of pointing out, you know, that it's a tough go and there's a lot of problems in it, but there's, it's my right to live it and to make it beautiful. Yeah. And I think we are making it beautiful. That's my assessment is I have a beautiful family Yeah. and quit telling me that I can't live it. Quit telling me that it's inherently bad. Is it inherently difficult? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm trying, and, and if I find more reasons, more things that I'm doing wrong, more ways where I need to make it right and throw off the shackles of this way overused term patriarchy, mm-hmm. yeah, then I need to, yeah, you know, and in more and more and more and more empower my wives and children and now my grandchildren to be all that they can be, to be a servant, to bless them and as long as I keep trying to do that, um, I, I think it's great. Yeah. As You're I, crushing I, it. Yeah. So I mean, by what standard is that level of success being measured? You know what I mean? Cause there's people who talk about, Oh man, we're doing so successful in, in our marriage or whatever, but it's just like, you know, or someone who said, Oh, our marriage is failing, but they actually have like a pretty decent relationship and they're like being the self-critical part and everything else too. But then there's like these weird, I don't know. I kind of get bothered by people who have those same sentiments, um, who, you know, criticize polygamy and and my background growing up in Pinesdale and everything Mm -hmm. else too. And there's no shortage of animosity that I have towards specific parts of growing up that way Mm -hmm. and believing those things. You know, Mm -hmm. if you've listened to the podcast, that's what you hear a lot of, you know, and this is, you know, a part of my own therapy maybe Mm -hmm. is just sitting down with folks, but there are so many good and honest people in fundamentalism. Yeah. I think. Um, and those people need to have, you know, light shone on them a little bit too. Yeah. And I am harsh with fundamentalism, but not fundamentalists. Yeah. And that's something that I, I almost harp on on every single episode, but I think it's worth saying again, and I don't think I'll ever stop saying it is that like, just because someone lives polygamy doesn't mean that they're a whack job. Right. There are whack jobs in polygamy. I mean, we talked about this before, but yeah. Plenty of, plenty of whack jobs. Yeah. Um, and any cult, it yeah, sucks them in. And I think fundamentalism is nearly synonymous with cults. Yeah, I mean, it, they're not synonymous, but yes, uh, it's very easy. The Venn diagram I, is almost an eclipse. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, again, yeah. like maybe not all fundamentalists are in a cult, but all cults are fundamentalist. That's a great way to put it. And again. If you can find one, 
call me, let me know. Yeah. But it sure seems that way to me. Yeah. And fundamentalism is so dangerous. This, this idea that you can narrow your worldview and judge everybody and make a mandate that everybody has to believe the same way as you or else, I mean, to its extreme, an extreme fundamentalism says, I get to kill you. Because of, this, of what this book says. Yeah. yeah. I, because of whatever appeal to authority I've made, whether it's a man or a book or a whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you know, the, the great show uh, on Handmaid's Tale. Oh, that's such an amazing show. That's what happens if Christian fundamentalism has its way. Yeah. If it has its day, that's what you get. And, well... Uh, Right, there's places that are kind of on that direction right, right now, you and know, it's and fucking scary. Yeah, we just, you know, here in in uh, the monotheistic Christian culture, we we say, oh, that that's Islam. No, I, mm. I love that show because of it. Yes, you know, if if you had state sponsored Christianity, like yeah, a large portion of our nation really wants. Mm-hmm. That's what you'd get. You'd get Iran. Yeah. It's the same thing. That's right. It's the same thing. Like just because we grew up in a different geographical area doesn't mean that that's not within the cards. I think that's such a good idea to keep in mind whenever someone is like getting really hardcore with their belief system. Like while it is true that, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who grow up believing a certain way. Like uh, one of the things that I, I, I really enjoy thinking about, no, not enjoy thinking about, that's not the right word because about, of what I'm about to say, but just because you grew up in America and don't like Hitler, like if you grew up in Germany in the 1920s, you are going to be a Nazi. Let's just put it out there. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and oh, those, pe- those, those idiots over in, you know, uh, you know, Iraq and Iran and Afghanistan, you know, they're these Muslim people and, and all that stuff. Like they're so extreme. But then when we come back to the States, it's basically just a mirror image of those same belief systems. Like what's going on in Texas right now? It's just fucking ridiculous, yeah. you know? And it's like, wh- how different are we? Cause we're not, right. you know, like just because I was born in Utah and raised in Montana, I grew up thinking, you know, conservatively in a Mm -hmm. way. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I would have been born in San Francisco, I would have been thinking a different way. Like it's so much more nurture than anything else, but people put nature on it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And, and that's the danger is, is when we, when we take these ideologies and we take it to its, its extreme. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people uh, get off the fence, you know, you stupid moderate or whatever, except for that's the funny thing. You know, all my, all my lefty friends think I'm way too conservative. And all my conservative friends think I'm way too liberal. (laughs) And I'm just like, just ask me, you know, about an issue and I'll just tell you. And quit labeling me. You know, uh, everyone's yelling and needs to shut up and listen to each other. In my opinion. Like, why don't, why are we sitting here like screaming with veins popping out of our neck and skull about how they're so wrong instead of just being like, no, let me just hear what you have to say. And just sit and just not say shit just absorb it. Just do the, just make the effort to understand at the very base of levels. And even there's, there's so many people that you and I both know that are so hardcore in one specific mindset. Their mind is in a rut so hard that they're not even capable of entertaining the thought of just being a little bit more open to other ideas. And that happens in fundamentalism all the time. And so... It's the definition of fundamentalism. Exactly. And so when they, you know, just, even if they just thought about listening 
I think that's progress. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, let's just, yeah, okay, do that again. Should I listen? Yeah, do mm. that again. Do no. that again. <laughs> Have that thought one more time. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then hopefully it grows into something where, I mean, there's been so many times where I just sit there and like listen to somebody who I just thought I didn't agree with whatsoever. I thought they were just full of shit. Mm. And then just, okay, all right, I got to just pay attention. Not even agree, not even absorb, not even whatever. Just sit and listen and pay attention. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I see where they're coming from. Yeah. It's humanity. Yeah. Everybody has a story. Let's listen to them. And it doesn't mean you have to be convinced. Well, I mean, who was who the guy that's, I, I think it might have been Jeff, Thomas Jefferson that said this. I could be misquoting completely. Um, but it said it's like it's the mark of an intelligent mind to hear another opinion and not make it your own. Or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, that's a really powerful statement because you can- There's say, a few premises in there, right? That yeah. you actually heard. Yeah. That means you got to listen. And yeah. Not just wait for the next opportunity to say your own. Yeah. I think people, when they, when they do listen, they're listening and just basically waiting for their turn to talk instead of yeah. listening. Yeah. And that sucks. Yeah. And, and, and there again, that's what I'm trying to say is fundamentalism is, is the real issue. And I think we should parse that out with polygamy. And, and I think the degree to which I do that in my life and try to just be a servant, you know, be, be someone who blesses. Yeah. And particularly with my family to make where, wherever it is that I would, whatever silo of life I'm talking about as a husband and father, you know, that I need to serve them. Mm-hmm. I need to be there for them. I need to uh, be dedicated to that. You know, if I'm business or family, you know, we can talk about all that, but uh, that's it. And this idea that I have to be polarized and not listen and not serve, that they have to conform to my point of view. Yeah. There's the danger. Yeah. And this country is is spiraling to that on the left and the right. And, yeah. you know, it, that's dangerous, I think. Um, but we see it. I mean, I certainly I grew up in it. Yeah. You know, grandpa, <laughs> Yeah, you, you can't take the fundy out of the fundamentalist. And, you know, grandpa's very, very polarized person. Yeah. And I love him for it. Yeah. I mean, he, he made me into who I am in mm-hmm. many, many, many ways. Yeah. Um, but we, we see these very passionate things and it's okay to be passionate but not to the exclusion of the other person's right to believe and think and the degree to which you can listen like you said yeah just press pause for a minute yeah it's all good just like and it's so weird that people think that i mean it happens all the time in i mean i remember with the with the gay marriage being you know legalized Mm -hmm. nationwide which man talk about a (laughs) coming to the party late you know what i mean (laughs) um but the people who are like, no, gay marriage is wrong because it devalues, like what you said earlier, it devalues what I do. And it's yeah. like, who gives a flying fuck what they do with your life? Well, and it's like, wait a minute. You're telling me that two women in San Francisco yeah. who are married is damaging your relationship with your wife. I had this conversation and they go, yes. And I go, what kind of marriage do you have? Yeah, that's the perfect like, way to say it. Yeah, like, like what really? Dude, your, like, your marriage sucks. <laughs> Holy crap. That, wow. that, it's that fragile. Yeah, you have a one fragile. Like, yeah. Like the fact that two dudes are doing each other, that just it erodes my, it erodes the very fabric of heterosexual nuclear family institutionalized by God. And I go, so has it hurt your marriage? Yes. I'm like, 
Shit. Whoa. Damn, dude. That sucks, man. <laughs> you got a you got a tough marriage going on there. Yeah. Like, what, what are you saying? And I was like, it, your marriage is really that weak. Yeah. And he's like, well, no. Like, well, well you just said. You just said it, it was. Yeah. 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 And it's so weird. The people who think that like supporting gay marriage makes them gay. <laughs> like, like, dude, oh, just yeah. because like, just because you want to have, you know, these two folks who genuinely have a true love and appreciation who are willing to put in the work and commit to each other, engage in what you do doesn't mean that you are now them. Like just because you support two dudes doesn't mean that you want to get fucked by a one. Like yeah. that doesn't matter. Like it's so weird. I don't know if you followed it, but. You know, I was on Facebook before I've banned Facebook from my life, essentially. Yeah. Um, I was in there and, and I was posting stuff about gay rights and, you know, th this conversation. And one of my ex-fundamentalist friends got on there and just says, well, obviously Brady's a closet gay. He's seriously saying it, the, fa the fact that I would defend the right of a man to marry another man to love another man. He said, <laughs> he, he said, it's obvious that Brady's a closet gay. And I just, and I, Oh my I God. I shouldn't have, but I just responded scoreboard, dude. Oh dude. I'm so, that's <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Children. That's a, like, like, if you don't have proof, <laughs> otherwise you have not only one, but five. Women. Dude, you, you can't create that many other humans. Dude, if you are a closet gay, that's going <laughs> to blow my fucking mind. Yeah, like, if you came out on my podcast, I would shut my computer and throw it out the window. Like, oh, that's <laughs> I, I have such a good story. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this weekend. Maybe I've told you this. You so, might have. So yeah. I was going to the University of Utah, and every morning I'd go over to the Jamba Juice, and after, uh, it was like 7 in the morning or something. And Wait, didn't you go to UVU, not University of Utah? Oh, did I say University of Utah? Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. It was UVU. Okay, gotcha. Anyway. And I'm sitting at the Jamba Juice. And uh, three mornings in a row, this very effeminate man okay. is in, in line in front of me. And the third time, he's like, hey, you know, see you again. And, and we hit off this friendship. Cool. And uh, he's a professor of ballet theory at UVU. And really? Yeah, in, in, the, dan in the dance department. And Damn, so we're, we're sitting there cool. talking. Yeah, we're sitting there talking. And he's originally from Russia and all that. Went to the Russian opera, and, or not opera, ballet school. Anyway, long story short, we're talking. We get close. And, and, you know, we're, I don't know, six or seven lunch dates into our relationship. Talking <laughs> back and forth. It's so funny that you're talking about it in that way. You know, that and, terminology. That's and so to funny. look at me, you know, I'm yeah. a very obviously masculine, uh, heterosexual Guy. Person, yeah, and he he's talking to me, and he says, you know, he says, if you haven't guessed, you know, I'm I'm gay, and and I, oh yeah, and he's just like, you know, and that's what I love about you, Brady, is you've never even brought it up, like you're you've just been a good friend, and never acted weird or anything, and I'll be honest, I've never had a obviously very masculine man not intimidated by the relationship the and friendship that you guys are yeah, yeah, yeah and engaging we're six in. Yeah. seven months into the relationship right yeah. and it's never even come up yeah that he's gay or that i'm heterosexual yeah and and he as he said that he brought it up and he kind of came out to me sure. right yeah. yeah yeah and i go you know um stefan uh, stefan it really was it really is <laughs> stefan and, and uh he goes and I go, 
I need to, um, yeah, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your vulnerability. In the interest of being vulnerable. And I says, I, I think I need to, I think I need to reveal to you something. Okay. And I could see, I mean, he, he's like getting ready for me to come out as gay to him. Oh, okay. I, I see him get his he's like, understanding. Ready to go. He's tilting his head to the side. <laughs> he's, he's got these soft eyes. Sure. He's, he's ready to be there for me yeah. at, in my coming out, right? Okay. And, and I go, Stefan, I'm, I'm a polygamist. And he, his head goes up. <laughs> he's no longer soft eyes. He goes, what? And I go, I have five wives and 25 children. And he, he goes, wait, what? I thought you were going to come out as gay to me. He says, oh, my, Brady, you're more of a man than I ever thought. <laughs> and, oh, uh, that's so great. Yeah, and, and, he, and we just laughed. And, oh, and he's so just great. like, I totally thought you were going to come out as gay to me. And I was going to be here for you as your gay friend. And he says, but, oh, my. My pretty, you're more of a man than I ever thought. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. That's anyway, so cool. That, that's, a, that's a fun story. That's, that's awesome. Let's end it there. I think we have a lot more to talk about later. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. 